y'all. Welcome to the Convos with Anita Santiago podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to uh, reach out to me by email, you can reach me at convos, C-O-N-V-O-S, CWS at gmail.com. You also visit the website, Life Convos, that's L-I-F-E-C-O-N-V-O-S.com. And you can reach out to me there. In today's episode, I have part two with Pastor Rasan Jordan. Now, if you missed part one, you got to go back to part one. You got to listen to it. You want to know about his background. Uh, You got to go back and listen to part one. But we're picking up on part two. We're talking about his book, I Live, Yesterday Didn't Kill Me. So this is Anita's Reading Room, part two. And we're talking about this book. If you'd like to buy the book, you can go to the Life Convos website, go under guests, look for Pastor Jordan's picture. There's a link that will take you directly to buying the book. Or you can go to the reading section of the website and pick the book up there. So when we left off, uh, Pastor Jordan, when we left off last time, we were talking about that point in your life in the book that you described where you had this pivot. You had moved into an apartment. Um, and and can you just walk us through a little bit about that experience and how that sense of building a community around you started to change your life? Well, um, first of all, I want to say thank you for being brave and stepping out there to do something that's different, Anita. Thank you. A few people um, step out on the water even when they're called. (laughs) And so you've made a decision to do that, and I commend you. Um, I would say that um, the moment that really began to shift uh, my life and my thinking happened in a dark place. Mm -hmm. It was literally in a basement with no windows. Wow. And I was laying there in the bed at night and I just began to talk to God, like really have a conversation with God for the first time. Mm -hmm. In this dark place, I said, God, I don't want this anymore. Although the place was dark, my heart was darker. You know, Mm -hmm. I was just in this pit. Mm -hmm. And so I began to talk to God and I just, God, if you real help me. That's that's pretty powerful. And for for everyone who's interested, you got to go back and listen to part one. We're not going to we're not going to spoil that. But I think something that really resonated with me is the vulnerability that you share as a man. I feel like many men are not in a position where they feel comfortable exposing their vulnerability. And not only did you have that in that moment, but you're sharing it with the world in your book. And I wonder for me and how much of a struggle that is to show the vulnerability that you talk about. Yeah, no, it's, it's a real struggle for men. You know, we have a tendency to hide, Mm -hmm. you know, because we've been trained to be tough. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been trained to not cry. You know, so consequently, we hide our pain Mm -hmm. and we're not transparent with our sons and we're not transparent with our community Mm -hmm. about the things that we really deal with, the things that we really face, Mm -hmm. um, the things that scare us. You know, we don't really say that because 
what does it sound like for a man to say I'm scared? Right, right. Right. We've learned how to perform on the stage mm-hmm. and not tell you how we got there or not be honest about how we get got there and what was that process for us. So we've learned mm-hmm. how to grab a mic and be powerful and declare and articulate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and do all of that. But what were the moments that really changed your life? And will you be honest about your weaknesses? Yeah. And and I, you know, I wonder with the challenges with relationships, you know, we often hear women say, you know, I would like to uh, find a person that's vulnerable and open and, and all these other things. But I wonder uh, in the women that support me and whether it's your sons or uncles or nephews, if we really understand that there's a piece of being a man that that we often don't see. Mm-hmm. And we probably need to do a better job of trying to see that. Yeah, I think that we need to do a better job at trying to see it. But I think that we need to create a space where men can be mm, honest. OK. Right. Um you know, we don't have x-ray vision, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So the people who are observing your life, they only see what you show them for the most part. Now, there are people who have the ability to discern and they may see past your exterior. Okay. But what we need to normalize is men talking. You know, women talk <laughs> yes. so much more than, yes. than men, right? Yes. It's actually three times as much as men. Wow, I didn't know it was that much. Yes, three times as much as men. And and I think that there's a reason for that. They've been wired that way, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's purposeful, I believe. God did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. But we need to give space for men to speak because women talk so much more than men. So now we have to be intentional about right. creating these environments for men to actually share and then not frown upon what they're hearing from men. Yeah. Not to, you know, look at a man and say, well, that's not masculine, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because you're not you're not acting like um, a jock, right. you know. No, I'm, I'm hurting right now, you mm-hmm, know, and mm-hmm. this is why I hurt. And I think, too, especially in the Christian experience, we have this perception that men are invincible. They can do everything. They're going to wake up. You'll wake up every day. You're never going to have a bad day. You're going to be able to do what you do every single day. And then when you don't do that, we get upset or disappointed not realizing that you don't even have a safe space to vent Mm -hmm. or to express what you're going through that's that's something that really resonated with me in your book I wanted to get in I want to take a little bit of a turn and I'm you guys got to buy the book if you want to know the rest of the story but I wanted to ask you about how you move from being in such a tough place through transitioning to being in a more positive space. And what I mean by that is that as a young man, you, you've got children now, you've got responsibilities, you got family, you've got job, but you still don't really have that network of men to tap into. And I want to inspire some men out there today. How did, how did you rebuild or how did you build what you needed and you never had? Yeah, I, I can say for sure that that happened through the biblical narrative okay right so my community really became the men of the bible Mm. right and so i began to learn from the men in scripture that had like struggles and like issues wow 
And because I didn't have men around me, I, I didn't have a father. Mm-hmm. I, 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 didn't, I don't know what it's like to have a father. I don't okay. know what it's like to have a grandfather on my mother or my father's side. Mm-hmm. There are no men. I'm it. Okay. And I had no brothers. So I, I began to really learn from the men in scripture. And I went on journeys with them. Wow. Can you and, give an example? Yeah. Uh, an example would definitely be David. Okay. Right. Because David was someone that was left out. Even though he had brothers, he still, mm-hmm. he was alone. Right. Right. He was alone. And so I began to relate to David's story. Okay. David was alone, but he was favored. Mm-hmm. So for the people who are listening that are alone, you can be alone and have a great anointing. Wow. You can be alone and have great purpose. And so when you learn lessons from the biblical narrative, you can really grow and you can make adjustments before you actually come into a physical community because wow. you got to learn how to manage those relationships. And some of them happen by like, you know, trial and error. Right. right so you, right. you say the wrong thing to somebody and you apologize. Right. 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 But people don't want to deal with all of your baggage. <laughs> Some of those things you got to right. get rid of before you actually come into a community of people because they can't handle everything that you bring to the table. And and I would imagine like the emotions that you feel and the thoughts that you've had about different things that you experienced, having time to work that out yourself without interference from other people yeah. where you can like you said, deal with that baggage before you get into a community. Now, just for the listeners, I am a member of the Advancing Church. And I would I would say that uh, one of the things that attracted me to the church was the way that it supports men. Like you, you see the men, the men are very involved and very active. And then there's also a community uh, around young men, babies, older men. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that, you know, when you come from what I've come from, mm-hmm. right? I always, even when I went to church, I've always said, God, if you gave me some influence, this is what I would do. Mm-hmm. And this is how I would handle people. Mm-hmm. So when you see the community that we're still building, right, mm-hmm. of men, it is because of my own desire for fellowship. Okay. It is literally born out of my own pain. Okay. The very thing that I struggled with, right? I didn't mm-hmm. have men around me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so because of that, I have this desire to see men grow in their faith, see men grow intellectually, see men grow as it pertains to their financial status even. I want to see them increase socially. Every area of their lives, I want them to see the blessing of God and the increase that comes when you trust God. Now, one thing that I want to mention in your book, you never say that you ever thought moving into a more positive space was going to be easy or without challenge. And I want to kind of temper what you're saying, because, yes, you can go on a journey um, with the men in the Bible. You can look for people in your life, but there's a lot of hard work that you have to do that isn't pleasant often. You're not going to get kudos. People are not going to even acknowledge the work that you're doing. And that's a really lonely space, I would think. No, it, it definitely is. And, and, you know, like anytime you're willing to deal with the truth, I got a chapter about like dealing with the truth, mm-hmm. you know, coming to this place 
in your life where you say, you know what, I just want to hear it raw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just go ahead and tell me um, some of the things that I need to shift and some of the things that I need to change. So when we talk about the hard work mm-hmm. and the steps, it's like it's it's not steps that are horizontal. It's literally a climb. Right. Right. And so when we talk about doing the hard work, mm-hmm. the hard work really happens when no one else is around. Right. That's when you really get to face who you are. You are the result of what you say to you when no one is there. Right. So so if you can start working on yourself at home, mm-hmm. working on yourself before you get married, becoming the best you that you can be, you can do that hard work without a crowd. So so let's talk about being married I, in the Christian tradition. And that's what we're speaking from. There's so much emphasis on what a woman needs to do and how a woman needs to prepare herself uh, for marriage and relationships. We don't often hear about that on the on the men's side. And I noticed that as you talked about different relationships in the book, um, you didn't really mention that explicitly. But can you speak to that? Like the things that men need to do to prepare themselves? Yeah, a man needs to understand his assignment, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're going to prepare yourself for whatever it is that God wants you to have, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's a marriage, a business, uh, maybe God has called you to serve in government, Mm -hmm. you have to work on what God has given you to do. Okay. Okay. So Adam was in the garden, Mm -hmm. right? And after God tells him, you know, I created you in my image and in my likeness. He starts to give him an assignment. Okay. And that's to name the animals. And then he's given a ground to work. Okay. Right. So if a man is going to um, develop and grow, go through the maturation process, mm-hmm. that should happen with his relationship with God and the assignment that God has given him. Mm-hmm. There is so much to learn when you work. <laughs> You learn a lot about yourself when you work. Real talk. You know, and and when God places someone else in the environment and still tells you both to work, you're going to learn even more about yourself. Right. So he was learning about himself before Eve got there. But when Eve got there, he had even more to learn about him. He had to learn about his leadership Mm -hmm. because there was a command that God gave him. So he had to really begin to evaluate and really discover who he was to a greater degree because God had added someone to the environment. So I would simply say that if you're going to grow, if you're going to go through the maturation process, Mm -hmm. you need to be in the presence of God, Mm -hmm. right? And you need to be working the ground that God told you to work. And you're going to grow if you are saying yes to what God told you to do. And speaking of growth, your book kind of alludes to, or you take us on this journey of how you started to grow after you had the basement experience and uh, finding your way into different houses of worship, we see in the second half of the book and towards the end that you continue to expand and grow and build capacity. And I think that's that's really, it's inspirational, but it just shows that effort in results out. If, you, if you're not making an effort to improve yourself, if you're not trying, and I think where a lot of things get twisted is that people may feel that there's a need to be perfect and there's not a need to be perfect. There's a need to try. 
And for uh, a lot of people that get stuck, especially I would imagine men, um, that that sense of needing to try gets lost. It's like, well, you know, if I can't be working, you know, making seven figures, if I can't provide a home for my kids, you know, then I'm just not going to try. Well, no, your book shows that as you're going along the journey, you keep trying, you keep going towards your goal. You keep praying, you keep going before God and he'll lead you where you need to go. Yeah. So like for me, it was faith. Okay. Right. So faith gave birth to effort. Mm. You know, I, I really didn't. All of my trying resulted in me being broken. Okay. Because I was trying without God. Okay. Right? Trying without God. So okay. I needed to try from a foundation of faith. Okay. And when I tried from a foundation of faith, um, I had more perseverance. I had a better outlook, a better attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to speak those things that are not as though they were. So I learned how to use my tongue, mm-hmm. my words to propel me forward. And so if you're going to keep trying, you need to try from a foundation of faith mm-hmm. and you need to try with eyes that have experienced success, right? Anytime you're making efforts at something, if you want to try to shoot a basket, mm-hmm. a, a, a basketball in a basketball goal, um, you may miss 10 times in a row. But if someone is watching you that can give you some tips and say, put your hand like this mm-hmm. or make sure you follow through, mm-hmm. you know, keep believing, but take the information and also apply it. So I'm one that will put forth the effort. I will try, but I'm trying from a place of faith. I'm trying from a place of, I believe that something good is about to happen. And there are people that's watching and listening mm-hmm. who've been trying and they're trying hopeless. Okay. Right. Yeah. So they need to get faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. you got to get some people in your community that will speak faith to you so you can keep trying and believing. And I would imagine like if you have if you're working from a foundation, like you said, if things don't go well, that foundation is what holds you up. So you don't end up broken or starting over from square one because this foundation is shoring you up. As you move forward. And I, I totally agree because as you were speaking, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's exactly been my experience, mm-hmm. too. The times that I tried without faith didn't really get me too far mm-hmm. or got me frustrated. So having a foundation is really, really important. If you could share one thing with the listeners mm-hmm. about your book that you feel is really critically important that we haven't talked about, what would that be? I would say, and and I'm not sure if I said this, but I'll say it again. Mm -hmm. You're not a free thinker. You actually pay the cost of your thoughts with your life. And so that's one of the things that has totally shifted me, you know, because I was, uh, having a conversation at one point and someone mm-hmm. was saying, you just need to be a free thinker. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, freedom in certain environments can get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. If we said everybody is free to drive as fast as they want to drive. Yeah, that'd be bad. That That's- wouldn't be a good thing. Especially here. So, so sometimes freedom can cost you your life. Mm. 
And God wants to give us the parameters. He wants us to understand, you know, yes, you can dream. Dream as high as you want to dream. Mm -hmm. But please understand that if you allow your thoughts to just run wild, you will be wild. And wild people end up in a bad place. Mm. That's pretty uh, powerful. I saw a video this morning that talked about how um, your thoughts lead you to decisions. And, and when you're thinking is in fear or frustration that's where your decisions will be and it kind of sounded like what you just said that you know you you absolutely can't be all over the board where you're thinking and i think if we apply these principles to just getting through hard times in life you have to believe something is possible you have to see positive you have to uh, know and be confident in where you're going even if people around you are not supporting you, even if you haven't built that community yet. So um, that is, that is, that's, wow. Yeah, I was telling someone, they was talking about um, school. They mm -hmm. was like, well, school, they teach you how to like think. And I was like, no, they don't. I said, school gives you information. Mm -hmm. They don't teach you how to think. They give you book knowledge. Mm -hmm. And often the professors have no practical application for right. the stuff that they're sharing with you. Yes. I said, so you can be full of information, but no know-how, mm. right? You don't really know how to do it. Right. You're just a bank of information, mm -hmm. right? And so if you're really going to take your life to the next level, you have to learn how to think. Right. You literally I have agree. to be trained how to think. So we don't need we don't need to just think freely, uh -huh. you know, obviously we want to dream and we want to go higher mm -hmm. and, and the sky is not the limit. But there are some things that will kill our progress and even kill our souls. Mm -hmm. And so scripture literally teaches you how to think. The highest thinker to ever walk this earth was Jesus. OK, he's the highest thinker to ever live. If you want to think on the highest level, study him. Okay. okay. Study him. That's that's pretty powerful. Pastor Jordan, I, I'm just so excited that you came. As y'all can see, my pastor is so cool. Yes, y'all check him out. He is so cool. Um, but I really appreciate you coming onto the podcast and sharing just some insight into this book. I I've read it twice. I've read it twice. It was so powerful and and it's inspirational and I think that you know we have so many people out here pushing different things and ideas and all you need to do is this or all you need to do is that but if you want to experience what it was like for a person walking through some real stuff this is the book that you want to get is there anything else that you can think of that you'd like to share with the listeners? Like I could talk to you for two hours, really. Um, you have, you're just a wealth of knowledge, but um, is there anything else that you would like to share? I would simply say this because I've had conversations with people who say, you know, well, uh, like the Bible is, is just a book. Uh-huh. Right. And I said, but um, haven't you read other books? Right. And believed them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there is no information that you can receive about history.
that wasn't written by an author. Right. And because you wasn't there, you have to believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to believe the preponderance of the evidence. Right. And you say, wow, you know, there were people here with Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. They say that he did this and they say that he did that and you believe it. Right. I would say to anyone that's listening right now, we have the greatest narrative to ever be written. Mm -hmm. It is so powerful that it was on the best seller list so many times that they removed it. Wow. You can't even, the Bible won't even be placed on the bestseller list anymore because there would never ever be another book on it. <laughs> wow. Right, right. Absolutely. It wins every year. <laughs> right. So right. they removed it. Wow. So I didn't at know the that. end of the day, you have the greatest narrative. Mm -hmm. You have scripture. I want to encourage people to get familiar with scripture again and to take some time and read your Bible and get engrossed in those stories and learn from those stories. It will literally elevate your life and it will give hope to the hopeless and it will yes. deliver those who are in bondage and it will truly set the captives free. Well, I, I just want to thank you again. Um, that's great advice. Um, thank you to all the listeners for tuning in to the Convos with Anita Santiago podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, uh, Spotify, or Google. Um, you can email me at convoscws at gmail.com. If you want to get a copy of Pastor Jordan's book, you can go to the website, lifeconvos.com. Go to the read section, click the link, buy the book. I'm going to also put a plug in for the Advancing Church here locally. Uh, you want to give the address? Yes, it's 4152 Washington Boulevard in the Central West End. Yeah. Service starts at 11 a.m. Would love to have you. So we're here in the St. Louis area. So if you find yourself here or if you're in the local area, please feel free to come and visit us. And um, thanks to all the listeners and have a great day. Take care.